0: The following sermon was delivered by senior pastor, Reverend Dr. Scott Black Johnston, in the sanctuary of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with us every Sunday, in person or on live stream. For details, go to FAPC.org. And now, here is Reverend Dr. Scott Black Johnston. A reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter nine. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. The yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the Garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here ends the reading. It is Christmas Eve. A joyful veneer covers the world red scarves and twinkle lights, presents with curled ribbons, Brenda Lee's voice echoing from every storefront out there, voices singing, Let's be jolly, deck the halls with boughs of holly. These tinsel reminders make us feel cozy, nostalgic. This is, after all, the hap hap, happiest time of the year. Now, we do not, of course, believe that. All the twinkle lights in the world cannot mask the disquiet hovering underneath our Christmas cheer. This is a tricky season pump up the merry, and troubling aspects of our lives click into focus. Broken relationships, simmering resentment, loss, so much loss. The absence of a certain stocking no longer hung by the chimney with care haunts us. Christmas cheer can boomerang, it can lead a person to consider how not so hap-hap-happy their life actually is. As As a teenager, I once listened to an usher at our small country church complain about people who would arrive at Christmas Eve services having spent the first part of the cold evening at a nearby watering hole Joe's Bar. It's not respectful, the usher said, pointing to a fellow slumped in a back view. I nodded as if I understood. Now though, I wonder. I'm not saying that that drowning your sorrows is a healthy strategy for coping with loss, it's not. But, But on Christmas Eve, I've come to suspect that people visit bars and churches similar reasons. On this holy night people seek tidings of comfort to pair with the season's joy. Alongside our struggles we seek peace. Peace on earth, peace of mind too, peace for conflict in our families, peace in our workplaces, Peace in the trenches of Ukraine, respite from the worry and sadness that roil our heads. On this midnight clear, our hearts yearn for a ceasefire, for the solace promised by angels. Where can we find such deep peace, lasting peace? In the bottom of a bottle? In the pews of a church? In the book of Isaiah, chapter nine, the prophet describes a bleak moment in human history. We've been walking, Isaiah says, in deep darkness. We we trudge through a landscape that's been ravaged by violence and war. You know what I'm talking about, says the prophet. Thugs sit on the world's thrones And they think nothing of of dotting our roads with signposts that are savage, piles of garments stained with blood. It's been bad. Although here the prophet's voice starts to rise. But before anyone surrenders to despair, I have good news. Our troubled souls have, have reason to hope. Heaven has has struck a match in the darkness. A candle has been lit. And and then Isaiah utters those, those famous words, unto you. A child has been born. A prince of peace. Take heart, says the prophet, it's going to be like the day of Midian. Like the day of Midian. Now, I won't scold you if that reference whizzed by this evening without raising an eyebrow of recognition. Isaiah is trying to get us to remember an ancient and somewhat obscure conflict. He's pointing back to an old, old story in which the Hebrew leader Gideon triumphed over an invading army, the Midianites. Gideon's victory was well, I think it's pretty fair to say, tactically unconventional. According to the book of Judges, the army of Midian numbered over 100,000 warriors. And in the face of this vastly superior force, God commanded that Gideon take a mere 300 soldiers into battle. And if those odds weren't bad enough, God instructs the Hebrews to leave their swords behind and to approach the enemy camp in the dark, armed only with trumpets and clay jars that have torches inside. According to the good book, this is exactly what Gideon did. In the dead of night, the Israelites stood on the hills around this Vast encampment of the Midianite army, and and then they began to blow their trumpets and they smashed their clay pots, revealing their flickering torches. This sudden display of noise and light frightened the invading army. The Midianites freaked out. They ran around like keystone cops. They crossed swords with each other, and eventually the enemy army fled the field in chaos. It's gonna be like that, says Isaiah. I know the the powers of evil look insurmountably huge, but but God is going to stupefy them. The forces of darkness will be be vanquished by people who carry not not swords and spears, but but trumpets and, and candles. In this way the prince of peace will claim victory. He will not triumph by violence, but by light. It's a great story. <laughs> but it's a Bible story, right? In the 1980s behind the iron curtain in Leipzig, East Germany at the Lutheran Church of St. Nicholas, a movement began, believing that the wall, the one dividing East Germany from West Germany, was was as much a spiritual problem as a political one. The pastor of St. Nicholas Church, Christian Führer, began holding prayer services. Every Monday night, he and a few others gathered to pray for peace and to ask that God changed people's hearts. Word got around. Leipzig is a university town and and before long, the St. Nicholas prayer services were filled with, with college students who were looking for a way to express some hope. The number of people attending these little services grew into the hundreds and then thousands. You see where this is going, right? The crowds drew attention and the ire of the Communist Ministry for State Security. Something had to be done. In October of 1989, the secret police made plans to put an end to the prayer services at St. Nicholas. They sent Communist Party loyalists to occupy all the seats in the church, and heavily armed security forces at the same time moved into the streets with tanks and tear gusts tear gas at the ready. There they waited for instructions to confront the worshipers gathered in the square outside the church. That night, in the face of those frightening forces, 70,000 residents of Leipzig showed up. Standing on the steps of the church, the, the pastor admonished the demonstrators to be peaceful Put down your rocks, he preached. Members of the church are going to pass out out candles and and we're going to light them and do what we do every Monday night. We're going to pray and then we're going to march over the Communist Party headquarters and pray some more. That night, the local security chief, who desperately wanted to subdue the rebellion by force, was captured on film. He was staring out his window at the massive crowd in front of his headquarters. We planned for everything, he said, looking at the people with wide eyes. We were prepared for everything, everything, except candles and prayers. Less than a month later, the Berlin Wall came down. The rod of the people's oppressor God has broken as on the day of Midian. What does peace look like? According to the Gospel of Luke, when the angels sing of God's peace come to earth, the the shepherds take off. They, They run to Bethlehem, arriving at the open door of the stable, staring through the barnyard dust they gaze on the two luminous faces of of parents holding a newborn. I like to imagine what those shepherds whispered conversation was like. (laughs) This is sweet says one leaning on her staff but but is this really God's big plan? You know, maybe before we head back to the fields, we should stop at Joe's bar and get ourselves a little peace. Maybe, another shepherd replies, or maybe this is the day of Midian. That's our hope, isn't it? That's why we come. On Christmas Eve, we embrace a peculiar truth. God's peace incarnates in the small and the ordinary. It it takes root when swords and spears are cast aside and some crazy, brave soul raises a candle in the night. Have you heard the story that's been making the rounds the last couple of weeks of Ed Hamilton Truitt? Ed is the owner of Brickyard Bakery in Gisborough, a village in North Yorkshire, England. A few months ago, as fuel prices were skyrocketing across the United Kingdom, Ed the Baker read in his local paper that there were retired people, pensioners in his community who could not afford to heat their homes and, and who chose instead to ride all day long on city buses to keep warm. What can I do, Ed wondered, and then he thought of something, something so obvious that it startled him. In his bakery, the room above the kitchen was always warm. (laughs) Of course it was. It was right above where his giant industrial oven sits. So Ed got busy. He refurbished the room. He added a few comfy chairs, a small table, a lamp, and then he announced on social media that that there was a place above the bakery where people were welcome, free of charge, to sit, to chat, to linger, to be warm. The room now has a group of regulars that meet there every day and Ed has even offered to bake these people's Christmas cakes in his six foot square oven. Why not? He said it's already on the yoke of their burden God has broken as on the day of Midian Tonight my friends we travel again to Bethlehem We light our candles, we sing the old carols. We make this journey because deep down we crave peace. Peace that will inspire us to do good. Peace capable of peeling gloom off the walls of our hearts. We we make this journey because we sense that real peace, courageous peace, lies within the deep magic of this night. Isaiah was right. God has come to stand alongside us in simple, surprising, and beautiful ways. A light always and forever shining in the dark. Christ is born. Alleluia. Amen. Go forth, my friends, into this cold night. The dawn of redeeming grace awaits. Peace has entered the world for you. Merry Christmas. Amen. We hope this sermon has been meaningful to you and given you a measure of hope, encouragement, and good news. If you would like to make a donation to support this audio ministry, Please visit fapc.org/give. Thank you and blessings to you on this day.